Welcome to the Taproom Exclusive. I'm your host, Dean Zarbaugh. Today's show is sponsored by House of Helga. Are you a brewery looking for some vibrant, stunning artwork to slap on that freshly bottled or canned beer? Or maybe you're starting a brewery and need help coming up with a logo. If so, contact House of Helga for all your design needs. They've worked with Masthead, Streetside, and yours truly here at the Taproom Exclusive. You can check out Kyla's entire portfolio of incredible work at houseohelga.com. On today's show, I chat with the founder and brewer of Noble Beast, Sean Yasaki, about their Evil Motives IPA. But first, a taste of what's going on in the craft beer world with this week's Tasting Glass, brought to you by Northeast Ohio Craft Brewery News. As this is the last show of 2019, we look towards the year 2020. Great Lakes has announced their 2020 release calendar, which includes some fantastic news for Great Lakes fans. First is that their wildly popular Mexican Lime Lager will be available all year round in 12-pack cans. Plus, Dortmunder is finally seeing some can love also. Be on the lookout for Dortmunder in 12-ounce and 16-ounce cans hitting shelves soon. Beerwolf Dunkelweizen and Siren Shore's Passion Fruit Saison join the legendary Series 4-packs and a trio of new limited-release bottles will join their portfolio as well. A Hazy IPA, which will release in March, a Lemon Hefeweizen, which will release in April, and a Smash Single Malt and Single Hop IPA, which will see a June release. This is exciting news for Great Lakes, and I can't wait to try all the new beers and see the new packages on the shelves. For more information on these beers, go to greatlakesbrewing.com. Fatheads has also announced their 2020 lineup, which upgrades their wildly popular Gogglefogger Hefeweizen to a year-round offering. They will do another batch of special operations, this time in collaboration with Three Floyds. Proceeds will benefit the armed forces, and for a full list of Fatheads releases, check out their Facebook page. Being the end of the year, beer writers Mark Bona and Rick Arman have released their top five beer stories from 2019. You can check out Mark's Top 5 at Cleveland.com, and Rick's Top 5 can be read at BeaconJournal.com. And rather than do a Top 5 beer stories myself for 2019, I just want to take a moment here to thank everyone who takes the time to listen, share, and support this show. I couldn't do this show without all of you wonderful fans, and I want to thank you for making 2019 a huge year for the Taproom Exclusive. I'm looking forward to bringing a lot of new material to you guys in 2020, including more videos and possibly another series. Uh, this one will be this one will be videotaped uh, and we have a couple ideas, some me and some brewers uh, for some really cool things that I hope uh, hope to be able to bring you in 2020. And you know I just I honestly couldn't be doing any of this without you guys and I really want to thank you again and please stay tuned for some great things that are coming to you in 2020. I promise you won't be disappointed. Thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting the Taproom Exclusive. I I really can't emphasize that enough. And with that, that will close out this year's Tasting Glass, sponsored by Northeast Ohio Craft Brewery News. My interview with Sean Yasaki from Noble Beast in Cleveland, Ohio is up next. All right, welcome back to the Taproom Exclusive. I am here with Sean Yasaki at Noble Beast. We have moved on to what I consider to be one of the really underrated IPAs in the city, which is the Evil Motives. Really nice, classic, West Coast style. Nice bitterness. Really easy drinking. Talk a little bit about it and um, uh, what it was that, that made you gravitate towards this style 
specifically for your IPA? Yeah, so it's definitely West Coast inspired. I'd say it's a little bit lighter on the bitterness than maybe a real traditional West Coast style. Okay. Uh, and it also kind of utilizes a lot of techniques that are more you know common now with um, you know, New England and hazy IPAs, um, but still kind of keeping that clarity and uh, you know that brightness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be my opinion, but I, I kind of feel like West Coast styles allow the hops to kind of shine through a little bit brighter. Uh, than you know, New England. So, what's the uh, ABV IBU on this? Do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, so it's like seven point two percent. IBUs are sixty-five or seventy. Okay, I've actually yeah. had it tested. And really nice. Not it, it isn't super bitter. It is. It has that nice level of it that just kind of coats the tongue on the, on the finish, mm-hmm. and doesn't doesn't overpower anything. It's not gonna you know if you have. If you need to maybe do a Kolsch next or something, because you don't want something that has a higher ABV, it's not going to blast your palate clean of yeah. being able to taste a yeah. clean beer afterwards. Uh, and that's a testament to the uh, just to the quality of the of the product. If anybody wanted to come in, eat with this, what on the menu do you think would uh, would best go that would hold up with this? Uh, you know, our like our carnitas nachos. This would be great with um, a lot of the different wings, the different wing sauces. You know, IPAs are always uh, hops in general are, are good to kind of you know compete with spicier foods and yeah. punch through those flavors. Um, you know, uh, that also kind of applies to heavier foods. So burger, mm-hmm. fattier foods. Absolutely, are nice, but this is is really nice. It, and it's it has that bright citrus hop profile to it mm-hmm. that. I've had IPAs that have a little bit too much malt, and I, I like, like I said, I've liked malt, but I, I, I don't want it too malt forward in my IPAs unless it's a red, mm-hmm. unless I'm going for that specific style. I don't want that to overpower the hops, and I think this is a really nicely balanced. Yeah, IPA. I, I think balance is one of the most important things for any beer style. It's pretty underrated because people like to focus on what maybe makes a style popular. You know. Yeah. Uh, so with an IPA. It, you know, a lot of people are really going overboard on the hops to the point where you're just kind of throwing it out of balance. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's as enjoyable of a beer. Absolutely. You want to be More able to. More is not always better. Absolutely. I agree with 100%. That was exactly what I was going to say. You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> and I, I noticed when I came in that there's a, you guys did a, a sort of a variant version of this. Um, talk a little bit about that. What was it that, uh, that you kind of did with this? What did you tweak with it? Yeah, that's something... Um, uh, other brewer here, Eric, made, and it's just a keg of this batch that was then conditioned on some hot peppers that he grew in his garden. Ooh. I think they were like lemon drop hot peppers. Okay, and that one's nice because it's not—it's um, not actually hot. It's got a little zing to it. Again, it's pretty balanced. Yeah, you know, not gonna scorch your tongue if you don't like hot foods. You'd probably yeah. still be fine with that. You're getting that little bit of zing and uh, the pepper flavor comes through. Would you say nice like a like a smokiness almost, sort of, or? No, it's they, they were fresh peppers. Okay. Um, so they weren't like you know, like an ancho that's been smoked yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything. I don't think it's hot. I think zing kind of. It's yeah. that little zing on the back of your tongue kind of describes yeah, it well. Yeah, that's what I like is is when I because I don't generally do a ton of spicy stuff, but I do like it in a beer because the nicely balanced ones don't strike the palate. They mm-hmm. just kind of coat coat the tongue or kind of kind of that back of the throat, and that's a nice combination. That's a nice that's a nice level to be at if. If I wanted something that's gonna just be a like just pepper, I, I would just eat a pepper or mm-hmm. something. You know, I, I want to be able to taste the beer underneath it too. 
And I think that's a that's a hard hard balance to strike in making anything with peppers. And I think, would you agree that that's why you don't see a lot of places doing it? Yeah, and it's just polarizing. It's a polarizing ingredient. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are going to see that and just, oh, I don't like hot foods. I'm not going to get that. So it'd be a tough thing to sell a full batch of. Um, yeah. it's fun to play around with. You know, one keg at a time. Oh yeah, that's that's what the the fun thing about having kind of doing those smaller batches or like a half batches you can play around see what it works see what doesn't and you're not having to you know commit to that whole the whole ten, you know the 10 mm-hmm. barrel batch or whatever uh and then and then worry about having to get rid of it i think that's an I, ipas like you were saying with food that that give and take with with the spice and i think doing that in the beer itself is is really interesting too Lemon drop. I never. I've never heard of lemon drop hot pepper. I'm not a pepper guy, but I really want to look into that a little bit more because I want to try new things. So yeah, I'm gonna have to tell my dad about that one. He he fell in love with spiced beers with uh, Masthead's Jalapeno mm-hmm. IPA. Yeah, he fell in love with spiced beers at that point. So anytime I see one, I have to tell him about it. That's a good beer, and I and I love that they made a you know a big batch of that. So yeah. then we're doing one keg at a time. And right. I, I love when breweries, you know. Take a beer like that that's, on paper, not going to be, you know, your most popular beer. They just kind of commit to it. You know, that, smoked lagers, things like that. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's what I love. What was yours for the uh, Cleveland Beer Week? What style did you guys do? For the collaboration? Yeah. Oh, that was the pizza beer. You were on the pizza one. Okay, <laughs> I couldn't remember if you were on that one or not. I tried that at Bruseum, and, it, again, one of those things that, on paper... You look at it and you're like, okay, but then when you try it, you're like, oh wow, like this is really good. Yeah. I was really surprised at how well it turned out because it was one of those for me that when I heard it, I was like, okay, I love pizza, I love beer. I have never thought about mixing the two, but when somebody told me like, like pizza combos and pizza rolls were like mm-hmm. what the flavors they were getting off it, I was like, I have to try that. And it's just again one of those things that theoretically shouldn't work but really did and i think that was the uh that was kind of the talk of cleveland beer week with that beer well you know that's kind of the point so like obviously it's a novelty beer it's fun um so when we were all getting together and meeting you know trying to decide what kind of styles we're going to do you know like fall style beers are getting thrown out yeah and i pizza beer was not my idea but what i pushed the conversation to was to do something that people want to get in line for and try absolutely whether or not it's you know a daily drinker or not but like it's a big event yeah the idea is to sell tickets get people interested and then do something fun uh the pizza beer was matt cole's idea that's what i heard uh so we we went with it and uh my big contribution was a little bit of smoked malt in the grain i'm always pushing for those smoky beers you do a lot of those smoky (laughs) beers that i I really appreciate that because that's something that i didn't normally gravitate to but have learned to really appreciate more and i like that I can get that around here. Uh, no, I, I was talking to Vaughn at Bruseum, and he was like, yeah, Matt was just in the meeting going, pizza beer, pizza beer. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess we're doing a pizza beer. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, that, but it sounded like it was a really fun time, and, and uh, I, been, I wish I could have been a fly on that wall. Uh, so I do a segment at the end of the, uh, the episodes. It's called Between Two Hops. Uh, it's sort of like inside the actor's studio, but related to beer. Uh, and uh, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, what is your favorite style of beer to brew and to drink? Hmm. Uh, you can be separate. Two, yeah, two different yeah. answers here. Um, if you want. They could be the same thing. I don't know. You know, I, I really like brewing 
some of the traditional German styles, some lagers. It's, it's very technical, mm-hmm. um, which is it's fun and you know it's a real challenge, uh, you know, in the brew house to drink. Man, I mean, it just really depends on the weather, my mood. You know, <laughs> yeah, I absolutely. mean, in general, I, I prefer session beers. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, I could only have like one beer for the rest of my life or something. It's going to be a nice German lager. Yeah. What is your least favorite style to brew and to drink? Nothing that's, you're not, I'm not asking you to speak bad about anything, but maybe things that are, you find annoying when you have to make them. Mm. I, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily one style that's always annoying, but sometimes when you're, you're <laughs> trying to like, for example, the uh, nitro oatmeal stout we have on tap. Okay. Um, I just keep adding more oats to that <laughs> recipe. And that's kind of the idea, you know. It gets a new name every time. Um, we kind of hit a wall this time where it was just disaster of a brew day, and the whole thing was just oatmeal. You know, yeah. you're trying to remove liquid from oatmeal. Right. It was a mess. I had to reset the bed like four or five times. Oh, we couldn't man. collect all the work we needed. Oh. Uh, so those brew days, uh, those are the ones where you're like, why did I do this? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can only imagine. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, I would love to be an architect. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's really fun, you know, just designing things. Yeah. Um, I loved the design process of, you know, opening this, this business. Uh, so, like, the general layout, you, you know, I worked with the architect and, you know, the general layout, you know, something I designed. The brew house mm. is something I designed. We got these new tanks, you know. Yeah. The opportunity to just design them. They're all made right. to order. Why not, like, have them make it exactly how you want it done? Absolutely. So I draw it out on graph, graphing paper, and um, the design process is just fun for me. Nice. I, I don't have that kind of creativity. I, I like to write. I like to do stuff. But that's, like, a whole other thing. Uh, what profession would you not like to attempt? Um... Probably a whole lot of things in the medical field. Not too interested in poking and prodding yeah. other people's uh, I, I don't want <laughs> to see blood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what hurdles did you personally face opening Noble Beast, and how did you overcome them? Uh, you know, like I said earlier, finding the location was, was pretty tough, and there's two spots that you know I invested two to three months of time and energy and money into, and, and then at the last minute they both just kind of fell through. So that was that was definitely a big challenge. Um, it was to the point where like I had the financing from the bank lined up. Yeah, just nowhere to to go. Yeah, that but, sucks. You know, it's working out. But hey, great here. So absolutely, it worked out in the end. Uh, what was the most interesting trend for you in 2019? 2019. Um, oh man, that's a good question. I think I'm having a trouble answering this because I don't find out about these trends until, like, <laughs> like the end. They're not a trend. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait, what? Everybody knows about this? What is this? That's not even interesting. Why is this a trend? Uh, um, let's see. Uh, well, then, you might not know the least interesting trend of 2019. Uh, what was one piece of practical advice you would give to someone starting out in this business? Well, I think, I think you need to look for the sweet spots and that would be avoiding you know distribution as a small brewery or at least not 
not making that your your, your focus. Right. Uh, you know, that's a very crowded, hard to compete in space. Absolutely. Um, I deal with it every day. Yeah, where it's just uh, the economics are not anywhere close to being in your favor. Right. Um, it's, it's a volume game at that point. Um, so, you know, if you're starting off, um, I think you really got to open up with the kitchen. I think you got to do a really nice job at that. It's pretty hard to just be a tap room. Uh, it can certainly work, but it's definitely harder. Yeah. And other than that, it's uh, location. You know, like a city like Cleveland, there's a lot of breweries. There's a lot of options. Uh, so depending on where you are, it's going to be a lot harder to pull in that crowd. But there is so much room for growth with breweries in, in just towns, cities that don't really have any breweries there. Right. So these small towns, I mean, they're, they're killing it. I've got friends who yeah. open a little brewery in the smallest of towns, and they're, they're packed all the time. Well, I've always wanted to open a brewery in LaGrange, which is where I grew up. Uh, and I've always been told that if a bar can survive in a town, a brewery can survive in a town. Sure. So uh, there's a bar there, so I, I don't have I don't see a problem. I I don't see a problem turning it into a brewery. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a perfect spot, but that's a whole other thing. Um, if you could send a message to yourself ten years ago, what would you tell the younger you? Oh man, ten years ago. It's almost a decade ago. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, put more money in your IRA. There you go. Good <laughs> advice. Uh, and the last question, what or who has been the biggest influence on your brewing career? Oh, that one's easy. That'd be Matt Cole from Fatheads. You know, that's where I started. I, you know, was not a super experienced home brewer. Uh, he gave me an opportunity there. I spent two and a half years at the brew pub in North Olmsted. I don't think you could have asked for a better learning experience, you know, being under... Um, a really, really skilled brewer uh, in a brew pub environment where you're doing a little bit of everything from, you know, the constant maintenance that a brewery needs to draft line cleaning to, right. you know, almost every stage of brewing. So I think that really was my foundation and set me up for success, you know, later in my career. Awesome. Uh, anything else about Noble Beast you wanted to get out before we uh, before we head out? Hey, just uh, if you haven't been here, come on down and check us out. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a really food, nice place. Beer what, a 100-seat tap room? Yeah, roughly. Roughly in there. Uh, really nice place, man. I, I Congratulations on all the success and uh, more success to you. And thank you all for tuning in. And tune in next time for another all-new episode of the Tap Room Exclusive.